1: Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust,
0: Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand, download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers Cash. Then redeem your Pampers Cash for
1: exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. The kids like it better when I'm not extra. What fresh hell? (laughs) Laughing in the face of motherhood. I'm the monster. (laughs) With Margaret Apples and Amy Wilson.
0: One more thing on my never-ending list.
1: A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas. So you don't have to. What's hot dogs for dinner? Woohoo! everybody. Welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the face of motherhood. This is Amy. And this is Margaret. And today we're talking about,
0: is it sometimes easier when our partners aren't around parens?
1: Yes, close parens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> right. right. If we're just answering the question, it's a short episode. But why? I want to get into why and how we what we do with that information. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think it's worthwhile. And for not, I'm not 100% sure that for both of us, it's going to be a yes. That's the other. Spoiler alert but i'm not sure i'm a full yes on this. Do you ever listen to reply all it's now off but they would have yes yes no and like i'm a no yes on this maybe. I don't okay. know. I'm going to think about it as we talk about it, but i'm not a f-
1: 100% a yes. Okay, we'll get to this, but first of all i have a mailbag i'm so excited about. Mailbag. Chrissy emailed us to say, I really enjoyed the episode on chores. I fall squarely on the side that kids should contribute to household duties and they should not be paid for it. Keeping the house clean and running smoothly is everybody's job not just mom. Chrissy, we're with you so far, right? She says, however, I also see the immense value in having kids earn money for the things that they want. And I agree with the idea of paying them, as we discussed in the episode, to do sort of bigger tasks around the house when it's time to clean out the garage, when it's time to, I don't know, take down the Christmas tree, whatever, that they you can get a dollar for that. But she says the challenge in Chrissy's house is that she often finds herself sort of making up those tasks. Like if they want to buy some new wings for their angel in the video game, she's got to like come up with some tasks she doesn't really want them to do. And there's only so many times you can clean out the garage. So Chrissy says, why isn't this a thing? A neighborhood app where people can post things they need help with as opportunities for kids to earn money. Things like cleaning out the garage, but also walking the dog, washing a car, pulling weeds from a garden. Kids then can choose which things they want to help with and can earn money for helping. But here's the rub. Chrissy says parents put in the money so it doesn't cost the neighbors to participate. Like you're putting 20 bucks into this chore app for your kids. And then the kids get to choose from a menu of like help the lady across the street bring in her groceries or help, you know, I don't know, fix all the bike tires that need air in this person's garage. They get to pick the stuff. You're actually funding it. And Chrissy argues that this would accomplish several things. Your kid learns the value of working for something rather than just getting money. Neighbors get the help they need and for free, and it helps build community. Okay, I have two thoughts.
0: Number one, huge shout out for to Chrissy for combining two different episodes in a single mailbag. Why isn't this a thing? And chores. <laughs> yes. Two great episodes that taste great together. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree. I have... Two children who are savers and one who's a spender. And just last night, I mean, basically, my entire relationship with one of my children is becoming, what can I do to get money? <laughs> like that's, I just walk in the door and he's like, Hey, do you have anything I take? Cause he's just jonesing for the wings for his Fortnite angel or whatever. Not sure I support the fee structure in terms of like, why am I giving up? Maybe everybody. I also think there's huge value in other people paying your kids to do tasks because they work in a really different way for other people's money than they do for for your money. So I'm not going to drill down at this time until the app is invented. I'm not going to get deep into the fee structure. I have some follow-up questions about the fee structure when this does become a viable app. And you could do it like PayPal. I mean, this could be funded several ways. I think maybe if I want my garage cleaned out, I post what I'm willing to pay for that job, and then people can maybe do it. Oh, like a task rabbit. Yeah, or there could be volunteer ones that are like, you know, Granny Sims down the street needs her walkway shoveled. Like, that's a volunteer one. I think there's a lot of things we could think about around this pay structure, but otherwise, this is a million-dollar idea. I love it. As our friend Eddie would say, this is a $100 idea. (laughs) I mean, it's maybe not a million dollar idea, but it's a very, very solid idea. And I like it a
1: lot. It would make the world a better place. We love it, Chrissy. I hope we have like venture capitalists listening. I don't really know, but we're we're giving away these ideas. There's money in them, their hills,
0: Amy. There's money in them, their hills. Someone's just got to go. I just look at it. I'm like, amazing idea.
1: I'm way too tired to explore it myself. But hopefully someone is motivated. Somebody go with God, Chrissy. We love this idea. It's amazing. We had another listener in our Facebook group. I'm going to leave the names out of this one because they weren't like, please do an episode on this. They were just musing about this. But if it makes this listener feel better, literally everybody who responded to her post agreed with her, which surprised her. So we'll talk about this. This listener said, does anybody else feel like things are easier when their spouse is not home? We've been dealing with some family issues, she says. So he's out of town. I find that when he isn't here, my kids listen better. They sleep better. I find it easier to keep things maintained. It's not perfect. It's just... Easier Is that weird? It just seems more peaceful in our house or something. To be honest, I'm not sure that's a good sign, said this listener. And there were 50 comments and everybody agreed with her. Yes, this is true for me too. It's just easier when my parenting partner is out of town.
0: There's different kinds of, there's the parent or spouse who's away like a night at a time. But certainly there are tons of studies that indicate that husband or wife who is deployed that they have trouble fitting back into the family structure when they come from away. Yes. Incarcerated people coming home, like coming when you have been completely absent from a family structure, reintegrating is definitely something that is acknowledged to be extremely challenging. Yes. So there's like a length of time. Whereas I'm not sure that my husband who like goes away for a night every once in a while, I feel like that's more chaotic for us. Oh, that's
1: interesting. Cause I, I was going to say, I, I understand the long term thing where, of course, you would have to create entirely new structures, but the short term break from the usual structure, you're not changing the structure. It's just different for two days. I get it. It is easier in a way. And I'm sure it's easier when I'm not around in a way, but I think it's worth exploring sort of why that is. But the first thing. To maybe get out of the way is that you should feel bad that you harbor this secret thing that things might actually be a little bit easier when your spouse isn't around because, they are. Oh, no, we deliver you from that. Today, we deliver you from that guilt. It's very understandable
0: and normal that it would be easier when there's only one person in the mix.
1: There was a, not a title, there was a term for that parent. I mean, it's the default parent who remembers the permission slips, but there's the name for this sort of non-default parent, the person who's away a lot of the time. But I think in this episode, it's more like, so I'll start with me. My spouse was out of town for two nights this week for work. I have older kids. This also changes from younger to older kids. So let's be sure to talk about that. Right? Yeah, that's true. If you've got a one year old and a three year old, five to 7pm is pretty hard. And it's harder when there's not two sets of hands, there's only one. But even then, I remember those nights, I wrote about them in my book that came out more than a decade ago about how I looked forward to those nights when I was alone after the kids went to bed. It wasn't like talking with my husband about what TV show we're going to watch or, you know, where should we go for Thanksgiving, whatever. I was alone and I'd pour myself a glass of Chardonnay and I'd put on, you know, Bravo and I'd pay the bills. <laughs> yeah, peaceful. Save that pile of pay. And it was deeply peaceful. And I really, really looked forward to it.
0: I was talking to a friend a while ago about a, another friend who was in getting divorced and all the reasons why it was hard. And then she was like... But in some ways, doesn't it sound amazing? Like your husband lives somewhere else and you have three nights alone, you know, like that's different because your kids are leaving the house too. But I do think that the omnipresence of a spouse is challenging in ways that we do not discuss. My daughter and I are watching this old show called Once Upon a Time and it's the fairy tale characters who have come to life and it is so
1: bad, but my daughter and I are loving watching it together. My husband took the bullet for that one. He watched every episode with my daughter a couple of years ago. It's a great parent child. It's a fun show to watch. It's so goofy, and it gets so silly. Yeah, it's like
0: Young and the Restless levels. Oh, God. I mean, they have to stretch the premise. I mean, as my daughter, who's kind of like me, has a gimlet eye, as you like to say. She's like, she's the one who had Little House on the Prairie was like, Oh, great. Everything's going great for the Ingalls. I'm sure the crop will turn out fine. Because like, (laughs) of course, if they're having a good day, the hailstorm is going to come and ruin their crops. Like, that's every plot of Little House on the Prairie. And once upon a time is very similar like oh no what if they open a portal to like it's the same four plots that are just getting recycled and every time you think they're fine uh oh here comes another witch that we never heard about before from a different land or someone dies and like okay they're coming back to life but the central characters are snow white and prince charming from fairy tale world And now we've been following them for four years. And it's really funny how you're like, oh, yeah, their life stinks. (laughs) Like they're just home with a baby now. They want their fairy tale to continue. But the fact of the matter is 12 years in, you're fighting about the dishes. I don't care if you're Prince Charming and Mm. Snow White. I used to always laugh about that, about like the Disney weddings. I'm like, oh, you people. I mean... Maybe you're just really into Disney, but I think there is something fundamentally wrong with the premise of getting dressed as like a princess and a prince to get married in the Fairyland Castle because the dishes are coming for you. The Bachelor, you know, it's not all going to be helicopters and hot tubs. You're dressed in the weight of your own expectations that are going to shortly crush you. Well said, well said. And I think that any idea that it's a problem to be like, it works easier when my husband is not here is we're over that. Like we're both married and into this long enough that like, the we should always want to be together and every day will be another day for prince charming and snow white it does work better i will say i don't think it works better for me i hate it when my spouse is away as we've often said i'm kind of the husband like my husband gets up in the morning he does the morning routine he gets the kids out the door while i sort of stare into space and so when he's away my job doubles but i know that most people most moms i know Their default is I know how to run stuff and the husband is a little bit more in the way. I think I'm a little bit more that person for my husband. You know, I'm the person who's like, when's pickup? And I'm a little bit more. I'm the monster and I'm (laughs) a little bit more like when he's away. There's no one to get up in the morning. And I hate that. And he has a big overseas trip coming up and I'm dreading it. But I also very
1: much understand this other point of view. We have an episode called We Didn't Sign Up to Be With Our Spouses 24-7 which I'm going to put a link in the show notes. And I think that's one part of this, right? So let's tease out that part first. It's okay to want a night off, right? It's okay to want to have the bed to yourself for once to not be woken up by somebody snoring or kicking to watch the stupid show you want to watch to have that time for yourself is a luxury. And it's not about your spouse is an insufficient parenting partner, it's like, ooh, I get to do whatever I want tonight because I'm all alone for these two hours after the kids go to bed. I think that is a totally worthy end in itself that should be enjoyed guilt free.
0: And let me tell you, I built this into my marriage because I have no shame in my I want to be alone game. I have nights where I will we have a basement that has a little like a bed in it. I mean, it's not nice, but it's there's a bed in our basement it's it was designed as a mother-in-law appointment but it's a it's a mess it's a den but there are nights where i just announced my husband it's secret shame show night for me i'm gonna lie in bed and watch bachelor
1: pad you are going to sleep downstairs do not speak to me leave me alone that's really interesting. So, you are offering to all of us the opportunity, like, you can create this magical night. You don't have to wait till it goes away. This is like your 10 year olds can have a sleepover, like a night over birthday party where they don't actually sleep over. We're doing the same thing. Like, you can have your spouse on a business trip time whenever you want. Oh, for sure. My husband laughs,
0: but I mean, I, one thing about me is you know where you stand with me. Last year, Uh, I had a big birthday and my friend from far away, who's one of my besties on earth, who I don't see enough, came and she spent the night. And my husband right away when he heard that she was coming was like, I'm sleeping in the basement, aren't I? And I'm like, yes, we will be sitting up all night in bed together and eating popcorn and talking and you are welcome to the basement because it's special friend girlfriend night. And like, that's what's happening here.
1: And do you think, is there any part of him that's a little bit happy to be down there? Like, is he... Playing video games Or whatever Oh I'm sure he's thrilled He definitely doesn't Want to sit up with us And talk about people
0: And our lives And everything And Right People you knew 25 years ago That he wasn't there Yeah and I will say, I've come to this later. I feel like in the beginning of our marriage, we spent a lot of time being like, I don't know if you're speaking my love language and filling all the buckets and da 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 And about five years in, I was like, I'm PMSing. Go away from me. I'm eating chocolate in bed by myself. Don't speak
1: to me for the next 36 hours
0: for your own safety. Yes. And maybe it's not romantic, but let me tell you, my
1: marriage is rocking. I'm loving it. It's effective. Okay, let's take a break. I think there's a part B to this part of why it's awesome. We'll talk about that right after this. Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew, and believe it or not, this will be my 13th nephew. Amy, you're ready to give up your amateur status. You're a pro (laughs) aunt at this point. Our family has seen a lot of babies, and as soon as they start standing or walking... Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O
0: dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread.
1: So Meredith Bland wrote a funny article on this topic It was called Parenting is Easier When My Husband is Out of Town for Parent Map. And she said, wow, she's really nailing our topic. Good job, Meredith." She says, when I'm on my own, I'm able to embrace my weaknesses as a parent. I wrap myself in a blanket made of poor choices and a muffler knit of lethargy. (laughs) Want to watch another show? Sure. Why the hell not? What's for dinner? I can't cook. So the options are pasta or pizza. Welcome to Camp Mom, kids. Life is beautiful here. I love that. I think this is sort of a secondary thing, right? Like, not only do I get to watch as much Real Housewives as I want, but also the kids do. Like, when our parenting partner is away, it's different by design. And we, I think we allow ourselves to kind of let the wheels come off in a way that we don't when it's another Tuesday night and this and this and this. What do you think about that?
0: Agree completely. And I also think... There's a ton of friction in being two parents for different reasons. For me, I don't feel like I don't have the friction in my life and my marriage of what they sometimes call maternal gatekeeping, a problematic term that is problematic and annoying in many ways, but it basically call it parental gatekeeping. (laughs) It basically refers to like, I know the way I want it done and my spouse doesn't do it that way. And that's a friction point for us. I don't have that at all. My spouse has thoughts about how I load the dishwasher and I have none about how he, look, I just don't have that lane in my brain. I am not controlling about how things are done. I'm the messy person. I am the problem. And I have to
1: say this maternal gatekeeping thing where it gets problematic is where it's thrown out as an advance for a reason that your spouse can't be more helpful because, well, then you wouldn't like how I loaded the dishwasher. To which the response can be, would you know, have you ever tried? Right. I think sometimes like, well, she wouldn't like it. Well, let's see how she would like it. Don't use that as your get out of jail free card to not do housework.
0: Right. And the fact is, I don't have that particular friction, but I do, especially with my tweens right now, have the friction of I'm the bad parent and dad is the fun parent and the good parent. Oh, Right. And like that is a source of friction in terms of, well, I want dad to do it with me. And I have one kid right now who is just everything I do is annoying and everything my spouse does is from the angels, you know, and it can be actually hurtful. And I remember it's so funny. I remember you talking about this in the beginning of the podcast because your kids were closer to the age my kids are now. And you were sort of talking about like, but it hurts my feelings when... When a teenager comes at you. Yeah. They come at you and they think your husband's insane. And I'm like, why would you take that personally? They're kids. And now that I have a 13-year-old in my house, I'm like, oh, I get what Amy was talking about. It's like having a close to a peer, an older person who's like, I reject you fundamentally. And then on top of that, I choose the other spouse over you, it can be hurtful. And there's
1: a lot of friction around that. And that's gone when he's gone. So something I just read recently, which will be of interest to you that I couldn't wait to talk about on the podcast was that somebody posited, I forget who it was, I wish I could give them credit. If I think of it, I'll put it in the show notes that the reason that tweens and teens like to argue is because they're finally old enough to be good at it. They're trying a new trick. Isn't that interesting? It's like the baby who just learned to stand, keeps standing up in the crib and getting stuck there when it's time for a nap because it's like, look what I can do. I can stand. Your teenager or your tween is like, look what I can do. I can argue. I have points of view. I can fight with you. Yeah. That I can be eloquent about. Right. I can fight you. And it's just occurred to them that they can be on the opposite side of mom instead of always on the same side of mom. It's funny. It's very exciting. So they're going to try it out a lot. Isn't that a good point? It's interesting. Yep. Yep. And then the other point is that the opposite sex thing, it also comes into play developmentally. So if you have a boy at some point will be like, mom sucks and dad is cool if they identify with the same sex parent at some age. So all that stuff comes into play. But you're right. Then when the person that they can play off leaves, and it's not about your spouse being a good parent or a bad parent, they're just the other parent, right? When the other parent leaves, then some of that ping pong stuff just isn't even possible to triangulate in the same way. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's like having two captains of a ship. It's easier. It's harder work to do all the captaining stuff. Maybe I should have picked a metaphor where I know anything about the actual job. But it's easier to do the, you know, ruddering and steering and sailing and jibbing and make all those decisions than have to have a chorus of people or just one other person being like actually, this is how we run a ship. I read a study a long, long time ago. This was like way before we were doing the podcast that ranked stressful jobs and brain surgeon ranked lower than waitress because a brain surgeon is completely controlling the outcome, right? They are the one person in charge of the outcome. And their environment, Pammy me something, right? Do this. Yes, they are the top. Being the king is easier than being the courtier, because you know what you're doing, you have the skills. And like, okay, if I cut here, the brain gets fixed in these ways. Again, a metaphor I have no idea how to talk about. <laughs> That's exactly how brain surgery works. <laughs> I'll I'll do a different podcast about my brain <laughs> surgery knowledge, but I think it's very interesting the idea that like something that you are completely in charge of is no matter how stressful because you're holding someone's life in your literal hands is less stressful than I have no control over how the when the cheeseburger comes out and the person is yelling at me that they want their cheeseburger.
1: Anna Lynn in our Facebook group said something like this. She said she thought this was easier when the spouse was out of town, because there's one person making all the decisions, Annalyn said. You don't have to stop and communicate. You don't have to take their preferences into account. You don't have to take their schedule into account. You can have dinner at 530 or at 830, right? It doesn't matter. And you can do what you want when you want, and the kids can't play you off each other. Yeah, this isn't something to think about, right? Like, if if things really are easier for you when your spouse is out of town, could that be another factor that your kids... Hopefully you both like fiddles when you're both around in some way that you can unpack and understand when things change. And then can you carry that? I guess what I'm interested in is can you carry any of this awareness of like, gee, why is this better and make it sort of better all the time?
0: I think there's a million... Not a million. I think there's some solid ways to do that. But even before we go to solutions, I want to dig another aspect of this problem that I think is really true that like there's an old joke when you have three kids that you're moving from man to man defense to zone defense. Right? Have you heard that joke? It's true. It's funny because it's true. Well, I think it is funny because it's true. And I think that man to man defense is easier than zone defense because there's a million decisions in zone defense, whereas man-to-man defense, it's like, I only have one job, guard my man, you know? And I think that metaphor plays out in the way of like, who's doing what? We're not really communicating well, and it's chaos because, you know, I mean, from the old joke of like, the company's coming and your husband's rearranging the cord drawer, like, why are you doing that? Like, he's playing defense, he's playing his role, but he's just doing the absolute wrong thing. Weirdest thing, yeah. Yes. And I do. And I try not to say it all the time because I do say it to my husband. I mean, the kitchen will be and I will. This is to my husband's credit. He is always trying to help, you know, Mm -hmm. but there'll be times where I'm cooking and I am a hugely messy cook. And so it looks like the kitchen has exploded in every direction. But in this chaos of the kitchen, he'll start cleaning up and it's like he puts away the one ingredient I still haven't used. I mean, it's just like, and then I'm like, of all the things, why is that the thing that you're doing?
1: And he's like, I'm just trying to help. And we're both kind of right, you know, when you don't communicate every step of your plan. My husband last night was in the kitchen doing some dishes and long story, but we had a, a crock pot dinner that there was at least half of it left. And so I just unplugged the crock pot and just put the whole thing, not the electrical part, but like the insert with the top on it. I put it the the pole thing. Yeah. Right in the refrigerator because I was just going to put it right back on the crock pot for, you know, five o'clock today for dinner. And that was my plan. He came home late. He pulled it out. He ate some. And then to get like an A plus for me for all time, he just put it in a Tupperware. And, you know, the thing for the crock pot is now like... Soaking in the sink with soapy water.
0: Oh, I was going to say, I have the follow up question: Did you wash it or let it
1: soak? He let it soak. It's letting it soak. And so then I was like, oh. And then I was like, no. My plan, which you could never have foreseen because I didn't express it to anybody because you weren't home at dinner time, was just to put it back in. The- and it was so dumb. And I, I you know, I apologize and said that it was helpful and it's great and I really appreciate it and thank you. But right, this is what doesn't happen when you don't have to deal with the consequences of your parenting partner not reading your mind at every moment, which is what they're supposed to be doing, so that everything goes smooth. Just read my mind. Nobody has to read your mind. And
0: I think the last aspect of this problem, and this is something that I think is so seasonal, and I've had it in my marriage, and I really don't have it right now. My marriage is viewing your spouse as like one more thing to deal with. Yeah. One more problem to deal. You got 99 problems and your spouse is one, you know, like and viewing his wanting to do whatever he wants to do as part of the problem, viewing like romance as like another thing on your list that you have to check off for him before bed. Right. Yeah. Like that your spouse in different seasons of marriage can so come to represent that thing of like one more thing on my never-ending list. And I think acknowledging all of the friction points and why this is a thing and why it's not a bad thing, but there may be some places we want to try to fix this. Amy, you know what it is? It's the first step to healing, Amy.
1: <laughs> it's the first step to healing.
0: Knowing, admitting you have a problem is the first part of getting help. Let's come back with like, A, are we solving this? Maybe we aren't. But if we are, are there solutions? Okay.
1: Okay.
0: mix into your water bottle on the go. My favorite flavor so far, Amy, gotta be the cherry pomegranate.
1: Fresh for 50% off your Hydrate Electrolytes order. So do we think this is a problem, Amy? I'll tell you what, it can be a problem. And there's one more sort of recent factor which plays into this, which is the pandemic, which is, you know, if we secretly enjoy when our partner isn't around because we all deserve a break from each other and we're human beings who sometimes like to be alone and do things our own way, the pandemic has changed things. We had more than one listener in the Facebook group say that this has really amped up for them when their spouse's workplace went forever remote or forever if you want remote. And their partners... We did not sign up for this. Yeah. And their partners are like, awesome, I'll stay home. And now these listeners, two of them are feeling like, so now I've signed up for a lifetime of we have to tiptoe in the hallway because mommy or daddy is on a work call. Like I can't do this. And I... Do need my time without my partner in the house and they're here all the time now. I'm going to say
0: to all of you who are dealing with that and still have kids at home, I'm giving you the Hunger Games salute right now. Like that does sound like hell to me. I mean, we, yes, my kids were older during the pandemic and so they're now back at school, but even my husband and I worked at home together for six years so we weren't that changed by the pandemic but he recently got an office that's just down the street in town and it's been so game i'm like oh i didn't even realize how much it just affects you when there's someone else in the house period like it's much more i feel much more like you should listen to our room of one's own episode talking about like having your own space and how another thing that happened during the pandemic is like ah well dad needs a desk so mom's sewing stuff now goes into like the corner of the garage And that having your own space, I find that I work really differently and much more effectively now that my husband is out of the house during the day. Yeah. It's been game-changery for me.
1: Yeah. And my spouse is back at the office, not every day, but more days than not. And I started like, yeah, it is. It is. Okay. It's better. (laughs) I think the people who go back, a lot of them are like, "Mm, okay. And certainly for me, if I need to get writing done, I do it better without the noise of the house and the, the commotion around me. So I feel like if you're in this position... This really is hard. And I think, no, you can't sign up for a an indefinite period of let's make sure our home with children in it never sounds like a home with children in it between the hours of you know eight and six or whatever somebody's work hours are. That's not really an expectation that we should have for one another indefinitely. It's insane. And I mean, I did have
0: that for certain times during the pandemic when my husband was just working at home and it was a day that the schools were closed and I definitely heard some feedback that, well, someone so heard the kids on the background and was annoyed. And I mean, I really did take the tack of like, I that is not my problem. And they can go scratch to quote Teresa from Real Housewives. But I don't know. I mean, I think maybe that stressed my husband out. And, you know, there are people who are in positions where like their boss saying, I heard your kids on the call is very frightening. Like you can't Get fired from your job because the kids are on the call. I think the only thing you can do in this situation, I think it's what my husband and I tried to do, is really do the like weekly meeting and say, what are our options? And I don't like to offer options because maybe getting a $500 a month office in town is way out of people's reach. Or more childcare, right? Maybe those aren't options, right? Spending more money is not an option. And I get that. But I do think the ability to just say like, same team. I think all you can do is have the meeting and say like, you and I together are gonna confront the problem of you working at home is difficult in these eight ways. You come up with a schedule where you give me your work call times. I mean, often we have interviews with moms and I say like, hey, if you hear my kids, we're going to stop and we'll edit it out or whatever. We've had interviews with some people who I said to my husband, you have to keep the kids out of the house for this one hour because I don't want to be stressed out about the kids. All you can do in those super difficult situations is problem solve together and try to stay on the same side of the net and the same team and say it's us against this problem.
1: And when it comes to your co-parent being you know, out of town and things being better in a certain way, is there a way that you can bring some of what's working Into more of the everyday, because it seems like, in some sense, yes, it's literally some fewer dishes in the sink, a couple fewer socks on the floor. There is one less person to make mess, but it's it feels like it's more than that. That we all almost give ourselves permission to relax more because, well, it's just me tonight for dinner and bath, so it's hot dogs for dinner, right? And woohoo! And and not only do we get a sigh of relief. But guess who really loves hot dogs for dinner? The kids. It took a friend of mine who didn't have kids to point that out to me when I was like beating myself up that I gave the kids chicken nuggets for dinner three times in a week or whatever it was. And she was like, but don't they like chicken nuggets a lot? Are they happy to have... And I realized like, yeah, the kids like it better when I'm not extra. They like it better when it's pizza and hot dogs. can't be pizza and hot dogs all the time, but... I don't know. Is there a way that we can make it a little more camp mom, like this listener was saying, when the other parent is around too? This is what I would say. It's only, I'm going to quote my sister in law, Christy.
0: It's only a problem if it's a problem. Is it a problem if you are only happy when your spouse is away? Your life is exponentially improved when your spouse is out of the house you long for your spouse to go away <laughs> permanently that's when you have to start saying like why is this working so badly that we're only really happy when we're apart. That to me is a problem. And then you start drilling down. Is the problem that we're not playing our zones effectively? And can we sit down and have a conversation with that? Is the problem that I've gotten into a story of my spouses on my list of problems? How can I change that story? If your thing, like it sounds like you're talking about is, man, I do love those nights when my husband's away and I get to Bravo down and eat hot dogs and be chill that's not a problem that's just like oh okay it's not a problem and it's not something i'm gonna feel guilty with check i think you're done right And I think if you're feeling guilty about, woohoo, it's my own night away, let it go. And in fact, if you love those nights, give yourself permission and talk to your husband in a way that's not hurtful to say, like I do to my husband, it's basement sleeping troll for you tonight because I am going to watch The Bachelor in bed because I need special me time. No problem
1: there at all. Does your spouse ever get special, I'm in the fluffy bed and you're in the basement? Would it ever occur to him to ask for that? I don't even know what his equivalent of that will be. I don't think he has
0: as strong a need for it as I do. I always say, like, if we could switch heads, that would be the best vacation ever for me. Like, he doesn't, he wants time away from work because that is super stressful to him. Because I think, again, like, that's his time where he's the waitress. And I think he feels at home like the brain surgeon. Like, I've got this. I would be interested in, like, digging down a little and asking him. But I do think for him, home is not as stressful as it is for me. I think he needs a break from work. This weekend I wanted to get the whole house clean and I realized like, oh, his football team's playing. I was like, I made a point to try to say, why don't you stop everything? What time's your game? Why don't you make an effort to stop everything and watch your game for three hours? Because I know you like to do that. He's not good about asking for what he needs. So I do try to look out for him in those ways because I can sometimes be like, okay, robot man, like go do your 80 robot tasks. But no, I don't think that it's appealing to him. I don't think he has the need for it that I do.
1: I think there's something else just occurred to me, another factor, which is that it's easier to do everything yourself, or at least it's less of an emotional burden, than to see your spouse from your point of view, not contributing, not pulling their weight, not doing what they need to be doing, and I have to do everything around here. Like, when there's nobody else there that could be doing it, then you're doing it all and you do it all and it's going okay. When your spouse is home and there's friction around, like, why do I have to do everything around here? Whether that's true or your story or not or kind of true, I think that's why this all might seem easier at the same amount of work when your spouse isn't there. If you feel like your spouse is not doing what he or she needs to be doing when they are around and if that's true, then you need to explore that and have a conversation around it.
0: Honest with your spouse and honest with yourself. Is this a problem? I think is the first question. And for right now in my life, I think the answer is no. I don't think I have a problem with this right now. I have had it in certain times of my life. Okay. It's like one of those, you know, drawings with the arrows. Like, yes, no. Okay. If you go to yes, what is the problem? The problem is that I want to do everything the right way and my husband does it in a wrong way and that stresses me out. Then we have another break in our out is that a problem? So maybe the thing is like, no, I actually really prefer to be in control of everything. And so it's not a problem. But if it's leading to resentment, then you're a yes, you know, and then we've got to figure out that problem. Like, where are the areas where I can let my spouse help more? Or is the problem that the kids play us against each other. Okay, is that a problem? Maybe we can just deal with it. And okay, I get it. And we'll move on. Or we need to stop this from happening.
1: Or if it's in the case of the kids play us against each other, then the solution can be something besides, let's make sure they don't do that to the next time one of us is struggling with the the tween is yelling at both of us that he doesn't want to do his homework. Why doesn't one of us (laughs) go for a walk with the baby? One of us should remove ourselves and turn into a one on one instead of a two on one. If you start to realize things are easier in a different dynamic, then play that card when you need to. It isn't like, let's fix it so it's always, when there's two of us around, it always feels exactly the same as when there's one of us around. That might not be possible, but you could fix it so that you deploy that tactic when you need it.
0: I think that's right. And I think in my flow chart, the continual question is, is this a problem? And if it's yes, why is this a problem? And I'm going to say that 90% of the time, the solution is you and your spouse getting on the same side of the net and realizing you're on the same team.
1: Yes. But secretly loving nights when your spouse is at a Holiday Inn in Dayton, Ohio, and you have the bed to yourself, that is not something you need to feel bad about. Everybody absolutely,
0: That's right. So whenever the answer to, is this a problem, is no release the guilt, enjoy your Bravo, get in bed with your chocolates and rock out, like have the time of your life. When the answer is yes, ask yourself the next question. Is there a way that my husband and I can get on the same side of this problem as opposed to battling each other? And I think with that, we've solved every marital problem that's ever going to come up in anyone's lives. Amy,
1: this huge hashtag solved on this episode, Amy, we Nailed it. Solved it. We have big news that we've been celebrating, Margaret and I, which is that we've started. Yes, Amy and I have gotten on the same side of our own net. Yes, we've started another net. We have a a podcast network called Attalist Media. We've been doing this podcast for six years, have a large all-female audience that we love, and we've learned a lot of things about helping podcasts with all-female audiences grow So we've started a network where women come to listen.
0: And what we would love you to do is go to com. You'll see all of our podcasts there. We'd love you to subscribe, rate, review, try out these podcasts. We have a bunch of new and exciting shows launching. And we're just really excited. Adalist Media is A-D-A-L-Y-S-T, adalistmedia.com. And you can find all
1: of our shows where women come to listen. Thanks for taking a look, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.
2: Well, hey there, Busy Mama.